0: This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and
1: Jason Shepard. What is good? BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, and they are everywhere. It is Thursday, May 19th. Thanks for being here. I'm Jerem Jordan, teamed up with the man who... Has one less sack given up than Clark Barrington in his illustrious career? Jason Shepard.
2: Yeah, look, that's clearly one of the reasons we are so close and the same to each other. Uh, You and Clark? Yeah. PFF put this tweet out yesterday. Clark Barrington Barrington has allowed one career sack. One. That's
1: unbelievable. One
2: career sack. The left guard. He is unbelievable. He is part of a fantastic offensive line that is going to be dominant again this year. And he's going to be a high draft pick in the NFL.
1: Yes, he will be drafted next year. Yes. No he, one's talking about it. It's going to happen.
2: He's go- and, he's, and he's going to be one of those guys that stays in the league for 10-plus years.
1: And we'll be like, dude, remember Clark Barrington?
2: Remember when, like- I, remember when we were only one sack apart? Or giving up one sack apart?
1: Dallas yeah. Reynolds did the same thing where he was really good at BYU, and then he's, like, just quietly with the Giants for yeah. several years, and we're like, dude, Dallas Reynolds. Yeah. That's our guy. So congratulations to you for only being one sack different from uh, Clark <laughs> Barrington. We're, we're very similar. So similar. In
2: in height, everything. In
1: facial hair. Yes. In where you grew up. In sure. athleticism sure. of parents yes. who played at Arizona. Yes. Here's the show lineup. The NCAA changes how FBS conferences decide – Uh, conference title games what it could mean for BYU in the new Big 12 Mitch Matthews an elite human being joins the program to discuss his breakout receiver this year and the new conference mindset the Cougars will suddenly have again he played in the Mountain West before his mission so he's seen both that and independence women's hoops hires a new coach will tell you who she is and Brent Herring from the baseball staff talks LMU the West Coast Conference tournament next week and getting his Twitter hacked but first here are some headlines
2: BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo announcing the hiring of Amber Whiting as the new women's basketball coach. Whiting takes over for Jeff Judkins, who retired after 21 season as head coach of the Cougars. Whiting has been coaching at Burley High School in Idaho for the past four seasons and won the 2022 4A state championship. Whiting played at Snow College and Weber State before transferring to BYU for the 2000-2001 season.
1: From the Bobcats to the Cougars. Let's go. Yoi Men's Golf takes third at the Stockton Regional to advance to next week's NCAA Championships. Congratulations to the boys. That's awesome. Led by Carson Lundell, who took first at 11 under. Dave Timmons took fourth at 9 under, two strokes behind. Nice work, everybody. The Cougars play in Scottsdale next weekend.
2: The NCAA approved changes to the rules that will no longer require divisions in order to play a conference championship game. The news immediately prompted the Pac-12 to announce that beginning this season, the two teams with the best conference records will play in the title game regardless of division. Also coming out of the NCAA, they announced that uh, they are doing away with the 25 signee cap in football for the next two years. However, teams can still only have a maximum of 85 scholarships.
1: More on that coming up in What's Trending. Baseball wraps up the regular season. Three-game series at home starting tonight against LMU. 8 Eastern on the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Shep will be in the Cougar dugout. Cougars are in fourth place in the West Coast Conference. Have already qualified for the six-team tournament next week.
2: Ashley Hatch scores for the Washington Spirit against the Portland Thorns. That is her 30th NWSL regular season goal. She became just the 20th player to reach this milestone in league history. Awesome. Elsewhere, Michaela Clough scored her first NWSL goal for the Orlando Pride last night against the North Carolina Courage. The two former Cougars will face each other next Friday.
1: It's good to have multiple players in that league. BYU's program is too good not to. This is fun. And last they're was phenomenal
2: awesome. players. Obviously, yeah. Ashley Hatch has been in the league for a while. Michaela just beginning her career. Cam with Gotham FC. Yep. So it's, it's fun to see these players not just be in the league, but having success. Or be relevant. Absolutely. Awesome.
1: And former BYU Volleyball Libero, Zach Hendrickson, is a new assistant coach at Central Michigan with the women's team. He spent last year as a grad assistant with South Carolina. The BYU men's volleyball influence in the coaching world is vast. Zach adding to that. The week. coaching tree. Seriously. Extending branches. It, it goes from Carl McGowan to a ton of yep. people through Sean Olmstead, now to uh, Zach Kent.
2: Like, we hear coaching trees a lot in football
1: and basketball, yeah. but no, no, no. if I you can, look at all sports, I there's... I can rattle off 10 yes. men's volleyball. Yeah. Like it's pretty impressive. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we.
0: It's What's Trending on BYU
1: Sports Nation. What's Trending is presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Well, as Shep mentioned, yesterday the NCAA decided to allow FPS conferences to determine how they want to determine who's in the conference championship game, meaning there's no need for divisions per se. The Pac-12 then quickly announced it's going to have the top two teams by win percentage in the game, basically because they never want Arizona in that game ever again. <laughs> Jason, is this a good thing for BYU as it heads into the Big 12 next year?
2: Um, Look, the answer is it remains to be seen. I I don't think it changes how you approach it either way. Whether you're in a division system or whether you're in a system that's going to take the top two teams based off of conference record and winning percentage, at the end of the day, it's still you got to win as many games as you possibly can. Now, I did like the idea of the divisions because, look – even when you try and split everything up equally and what you hope from a competitive situation is balanced, invariably you're going to have one division that's going to be better than the other in terms of maybe tougher teams, tougher opponents. So who knows, depending on where BYU will land, maybe maybe you have a better chance in a so-called lesser division to be able to win that and then represent that division. Hoping at, you're at the in next, that list. Yes, division. here's the thing. What though, if you're in the stronger division? BYU's probably going to be in the stronger division based off of kind of some of the stuff that we had seen if they had gone the division route. You're probably being put with some of the tougher teams, so I'm not sure it necessarily matters. But it really doesn't change things in terms at the end of the day, you got to win football games. And if you're one of the top two teams either way, you're going to you're gonna be able to represent that conference in a championship game and then see where it goes. So ultimately, I don't think it changes everything. I think this certainly means that the Big 12 is is going to go away. Otherwise, because they, they had created a subcommittee. From division. Yes, yeah, from division. Yeah. I, they had created a subcommittee that had built for months trying to come up with the best way to do this, and it was supposed to have been agreed upon earlier this month. And then they got wind that this was coming down. Now it's obviously official.
1: I told them quick meaning they already knew.
2: Literally, honestly, it's yeah. one of those ones. You know how you have drafts? Ready to go. So when something happens, you can just hit send. Yes. This, I think, is what the, the Pac 12 had this ready to go. And as soon as right. it was official, hit, send.
1: send. They're like, sorry, Arizona. But they're again. not yeah. going to
2: be the first. I, I I, would honestly, at this point, I would be surprised if there is divisions in the Big 12.
1: It'll be interesting because I'd really like to see uh, Alabama and Texas AM play <laughs> each other for uh Is there <laughs> something DC going on game. between those two programs right now? I'm not sure if Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher are fighting or not, but uh, yeah, that's fun. My initial thought, because I think it will take a moment for BYU to get to the point where there are uh, zero, one, or 2 losses in the Big 12 in a given year at nine games, I think BYU will work up to a year where they can do that, is, oh, shoot, it would have been nice to be in the perceived weaker division. Like, Wisconsin is a good team, but they typically have two losses in division or something. If they're actually going up against the Big 3 out of the other division in the Big 10— it's tough because that division's stacked with Ohio State and Michigan and Michigan State. Now we're going to see Ohio State and Michigan play back-to-back weeks sometimes where they play in that rivalry game, they're the top two teams, they're going to play again. I, I think competitively, that's nice, but for BYU, I think I would have preferred um, not to have divisionless championship game situation. I, I have this question too. There's no need for divisions at all now. There's no need for There's it. There's no need. Because it's a scheduling thing, and you don't need to divide it in that way. You just declare the schedule. So we're going to talk about pods coming up uh, in the whip round later. But at the end of the day, you're right. You just got to win. To be in the championship game in the Big 12, which, let's be honest, it's going to be like the Pac-12 where I don't think there will be an elite team like an Alabama, a Georgia, a Clemson, an Ohio State that really sticks out every year. I don't think that will exist. Oklahoma State is not that team. Cincinnati is going to pull a UCF and and drop down from what they've been doing. There's no way they maintain that, in my opinion. BYU is trying to become trying to pull a Utah, frankly, which is let's build up to being really competitive, and then take our shot and win it. In 2019, Utah blew it against Oregon. Could have been in the playoff. Like they could have been. They lost, and much to our chagrin. Uh, they didn't. They lost that game in the Alamo Bowl, and we were like, you didn't do it! But they went to the Rose Bowl last year. They won the Pac-12 because USC was down. BYU's going to have to have a similar situation where it's like, let's take advantage when some of the big boys are down. But I think BYU fits pretty comfortably in that situation after a couple of years where there's not an elite team. In the Pac-12, it's who's going to have... the the most losses that are tolerable to actually win that league and go. So I'm excited for BYU in the future to have a shot at that.
2: Very very quickly, to the Pac-12 side of things, a lot of times you're going to have the two teams that should have been there are going to be there anyway. It's not always going to happen. But I think that when the Pac-12 put out the press release, I think if if memory serves, they went through since – since they they went to this division format, I want to say only three would have actually changed the actual teams that had played. Three out of 11. Yeah, three out of 11. So so the majority of the time, even with the division format, the teams that would have been under this new system were the teams that
1: actually played in it. Here's my counter to that. Does this change scheduling? Because before you'd say, well, we play these teams in our division. Right. Now you don't have to do that. And with... A conference that has more than 10. Mm-hmm. You don't play everybody in your league. And BYU's going to have it's,
2: 14 for a couple of seasons.
1: Yes, two years, and then it goes down to 12. I believe the Big 12 will expand at some point to 14. I believe Boise State will be one of those teams in the future. We'll see. That's really interesting. So, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of undecided on whether I love it or not. I like the idea
2: of the divisions because I wanted to see where BYU would fall with that. I'm just, I was just curious. Yes.
1: Who were the homies? Yes, in our that, that's that kinda, that we've I was excited
2: beat. for that. Yes. But, but at the end of the day, again, it's all about winning games. That's what you have to do, regardless of the system.
1: And the good news is that last year, BYU did win games and would have been in the Pac 12 title game, which we celebrated to some degree with a, uh, a championship. And it looked and sounded like this, in case you forgot. Rope. Okay, yeah. Okay! Yeah. Listen, Kalani Satake <laughs> took the high road. Yep, we do not. Okay? We hung Pac-12 a banner. Pac-12 champs. And the messaging is very, very clear here, right? Of the white versus the outline. Yeah. Yeah. BYU would have been in the uh, Pac-12 title game. Yeah. Can't wait for the uh, Crimson homies to show up. But, yeah. That happened. 5-0. and o, Looking to go... Uh, 2-0 this year. Let's go. All
2: right. Uh, topic number two. Uh, women's basketball has a new head coach, and it is a familiar last name. Amber Whiting will take over the program. She and her husband, Trent, both played one season at BYU in the early 2000s. This announcement came out yesterday afternoon. What was your reaction when you saw that Amber Whiting was named the new head coach?
1: A little bit surprised because I thought the top three candidates, and declared as much, were Lee Kamard from BYU's current staff as assistant coach, Dan Nielsen from U of U, former BYU assistant, head coach at U of U, and then uh, Nancy Warner, who's been doing some tremendous work at Springville and Lone Peak. I thought those were the top three. Amber Whiting, though, you look at the resume, played at BYU, Trent played at BYU. We know the family. We know them. Former Cougar. She knows what it's all about. She transferred in, as you mentioned in the headlines. Tremendous work as a head coach at Burley, winning the state championship. Um, and then her AAU experience, some serious and really good development at that level. That's great for recruiting. Like, she knows the circuit, right? Yeah. Which is great. Um, does she have D1 experience? She does not. Obviously, there's a storyline with the family and her kids who play basketball. Jace is committed to play at Boise State, and she has a daughter who's a tremendous player as well. That's certainly a story in this. But uh, Amber Whiting, I'm excited about it. I think that's a good hire. Uh, she's won. She's familiar with the program. She's connected from a recruiting standpoint. Was it a little off the board? Certainly. But I'm excited about the hire.
2: Yeah, when I saw the, the announcement, uh, I, I was surprised because, again, I know the name, but I was not familiar with Amber's uh, professional career and what she was doing. So obviously, as soon as it goes down, you start to read up and you're trying to find all these things about her. And she has a very impressive resume. And I want to hit um, mostly on what you brought up with the AAU circuit, because that goes to as a coach that has been as successful as she has with AAU basketball. There's so many things that goes into that. And number one, it's the relationships and it's the recruiting. Because you're not just dealing with certain sc- You're dealing with players that play all over. And so you not only have relationships with the individual players, but you are also able to build relationships with all of the schools that those said players will ultimately go to to play high school and then ultimately be, be back in the mix for recruiting to go yep. to college.
1: Like so, you, She could have played against yeah. certain players that she's like, Hey, I'm I'm a BYU now. Yeah, I have seen. I, I, I know, love I that the angle. Yeah.
2: And look, AAU the AAU circuit is has grown leaps and bounds over the last 10-15 years. It is so imp- It is bigger than high school. It is so important yep. and for somebody to have a grasp on it like like Amber has and to have been in the mix for a long time and have a successful um, situation while doing it. That could prove to be very, very beneficial for BYU because she's built those relationships. And at the end of the day, those relationships lead to recruitment. And recruiting is the lifeblood of a program, as we've
1: all heard. Recruiting is creating relationships. Yes. Certainly, she needs to surround herself with the staff, with those with the one experience. Yeah, and and it'll be interesting to see what the staff looks like. Yeah, But she can... Surround herself with those who have been at this level yep. and can help with that. So, Amber Whiting will join us on the program coming up tomorrow. By the way, very nice. So we'll get to know her a little bit better. Our question of the day: What gives BYU a better chance to get to a Big 12 title game in football? Division championships or the top two teams? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This
0: is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation.
1: Joey fan Caleb on Instagram. For the first few years of Big 12 membership, division style of play would give them a better chance at a conference championship. I agree. I agree. You're hoping you get in one that, hey, there's a little down year. You take advantage. As you navigate that, right? You build up to that. But after those first few years, they will become a top two team in the conference. That's the hope, is that um, this group is certainly talented. You lose a bunch. You have a great year this year. You lose a bunch of guys who don't want to be here for like the seventh year or sixth year with coaches. <laughs> like Jaron Hall's like, I've been here like four or five years. Like, I'm ready to hopefully be a high draft pick next year and so on and so forth. Then in the Big 12, you're getting some uh, more of the top talent from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Saints. Others that, like Utah has picked up kids that wanted to go to SC and UCLA, but they know that Utah's good too, and they go there and they play against these teams. We call that the Bronco. He went to Oregon State just to play against BYU, right? But wants to play, good ball, comes here you starts to win 9 plus a year you have a special year where you're undefeated in non-conference play and you only lose one or two games in conference play and you're in a new year six opportunity like i i'm hoping that happens in the first 5 years of the Big 12 first decade i just hope it's quicker than utah which was the 11th year uh, just gotta beat. Just, just gotta gotta, just gotta, gotta, get just gotta get there faster than 11. Do seasons. it better in Utah. That's uh, that's always the goal, right? <laughs> Continue right. to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.
2: Coming up, when will BYU get its first game day treatment as a member of the Big 12?
1: Mm, and is it easier in the Big 12 than independence? We didn't have one. Plus, he's an elite human being. Mitch Matthews is in studio. What's up, Mitch? There he is. Talk about his breakout BYU receiver this year. Big 12 divisions, who lack thereof. This is BYU Sports Sportsnet.
0: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group. Serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
2: Baseball opens up their final regular season series tonight against LMU. You can watch the game live at eight Eastern Time on the BYU TV app or listen live on BYU Radio.
1: We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play: Jeremy Jordan, Jason Shepard, Mitch Matthews is here. One of our favorites, still riding the high of the alumni game. I think still. Oh, still. That was so fun. High. That was amazing. That was so fun. I,
3: it better be an annual event.
1: It needs to be, right? It should be. Steve Young was ticked. He was not invited. Like, upset. Oh, I called dibs on being his number one guy
3: next <laughs> Steve Young, <That laughs> hey, we, had awesome, t- right? we had Ty Demmer D- on the show last easy week. Easy dibs, right? Ty Demmer Puffly said he dibs. can't
1: commit more than a month out.
2: Yes,
3: but <laughs> he— oh, I think everyone should because, yeah. yeah, some of the preparation was lacking. I mean, you know, you know with, with uh, the, the hamstrings being on the verge the entire time, we, everyone needs at least a, a month month a pre-month prep. Put on by the BOU strength staff.
1: I'm not going to name names, but I was on the side of kind of more of the, the, the royal team, a little older, right? And I remember looking around and going, these guys aren't getting in the game as much <laughs> as I think they thought. No, no. One the point competitive le- level was like higher
3: than I think maybe anticipated by 100%. When, you, when there was 15,000 fans, fog coming out of the tunnel, that's when you knew you had to turn it you on. You saw fog had, and you were like, oh. I had no idea it was going to be like that. I had no idea the Jumbotrons were going to be on. It was a sneak. What they did, they did this on purpose. They just said, hey, it's going to be a casual game, like a turkey ball. That's kind of how they presented it. <laughs> it was far from a turkey and then ball. It was game day. It was playbooks, game day. Max Hall even called me the night before and said he wanted to get together, get dinner, talk plays. Nice. I'm like, you know what, dude? This is, this is too much. It ended up being fantastic, though.
1: He runs by the camera like Oklahoma. We're going to win this game. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> I, hey, he was intense, just like I remember playing with him. Oh my gosh! Great time. It was amazing. Great time.
2: I think the uh, the remarkable thing, back to the injury thing, is that there were no significant injuries in that thing. Well, there that, were emotional injuries. Well, I look, think, you, can't, some, you can't uh, yeah, you yeah, can't you yeah, can't yeah. avoid those kinds of things. I've got to imagine though. Look, I'm I'm sure there are things about football that you don't miss, but there are some things that you miss. I would imagine running out with that whole thing going on and how big it was. That probably was like, man, I've missed this. One hundred percent. The atmosphere
3: is what made it really really cool. So they're gonna knowing BYU, they'll make it. Even better next year. There will be more people next year because even the players had no idea how big it was going to be. So there will be, I'm guessing, 20 to 25,000 fans next year. They'll do pre-stuff, post-stuff. It was a
1: fantastic production. Yeah, it was, it was fun. We did a commercial-free broadcast, by the way. It was like two hours straight. Amazing. Just, let's just go. Amazing. Let's go. It was so fun. Okay, let's, ta- let's ask you your opinion about what we were talking about, which is FBS conferences can figure out how they want to determine the two teams in the conference title game. Is a a good or bad thing, pros and cons in your opinion of the top two teams from the Big 12 going, uh, does that benefit BYU? Does that hurt BYU in the future?
3: Maybe the first couple of years it could hurt BYU because coming as the new guy and having to be in top two could be tough. But at the end of the day, that's just the right way to do things. The top two teams should be in it. There is no, hey, we got lucky because we're in the Pac-12 South. We're playing worst teams. We got lucky, so we're exalted to the championship game. I like Pac-12. that specific
1: reference. I like
3: that. Days, we're, not, we're, not Mitch, uh, we're not referencing anybody. They're a, dang, they're, they're a dang good team. But they, 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 there are times when if you're in a certain part of the conference that, that you are a little bit luckier.
1: Wisconsin and Iowa have done this
3: in the big 100%. Yeah. So it should, it should be the top two teams so that no one can ever complain. There's no discussion. It's just the best two teams go.
1: Florida has done this in the non-Alabama portion right, right. of the SEC, right. right? Georgia has emerged as this way better team. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be nice that way. And then um, the, the fact that BYU is going to the Big 12 next year. You played in the Mountain West before your mission <laughs> in a conference. Then you're indie after that. What's the mindset regarding non-conference play, conference play, that this – team and program will have to figure out? Because to me, it's a different approach to a season, is it not? Mm-hmm. There's actually
3: less to figure out when there's more consistency. When you know exactly the 12 teams that are in your conference, you get the schedule. Oh, I've seen those guys. I've played against that DB as a receiver. I've played against that quarterback. I know him. Actually, I know that coach. I know the style of play they play. I know the atmosphere. There's actually less you have to worry about. When you play independent, you're traveling across time zones. You've never been to Michigan. You've never been to UCF. You've never been here. And you're just signing up for almost a surprise element, when you're in a conference, you're going to see BYU play better.
2: Well, don't you think there's also the sense, beyond anything on the field and X's and O's, like, you know, obviously we still have this in basketball, because that obviously hasn't gone away or any of the other sports, but... Like I just I remember back in the day, you know, you you knew the other team. You you had history with the other team. And it runs deep. And you looked forward like, Oh, I can't wait for that rematch. There's just something about that aspect of it as well that you know the teams, you can build history, both good and bad, and I think we've missed that.
3: Yeah. And if you look back to the Mountain West, the teams that were there that were big, you look at TCU, BYU, and Utah, and you just knew like those were kind of the the top teams already. And so you already had them circled on the calendar. We got to be ready for those guys, right? And so I think with the Big 12, it'll give us so much consistency that the players will actually love. Because playing independent and being all over the place is not desirable. There are fun moments of it playing all over the place, but at the end of the day, you're here to win football games. and, And as a player, you want the most consistency
1: as possible. That stability will be nice. Stability, right? consistency,
3: BYU, it helps you a lot. You're always
1: going from divorce to married again. Uh, yes. If you will, it's, right? If um, you will, it's great. And listen, being single has its amazing perks, right? And some people love that. Uh, other people like the marriage element of yeah. life or whatever. More players whatever will works like for that you, yes.
3: More players will like that.
1: Yes, to each their own in this. Okay, let's talk to you about the wide receivers. Gosh, we're stoked about this group. Puka Nakua should be a 1,000-yard guy, in my opinion. He should be. Gunnar Romney could be a 1,000-yard guy, too, or close to it. Mm-hmm. Who's kind of the next guy in that room, or, or maybe, maybe a breakout guy that fans should be excited about? I think as the number three
3: guy, because the top two are well-established, and Gunnar Romney and Puka Nakua, they're already established. The guy who's battling for that third position should be, should be super excited. Because all eyeballs are going to be on Jaron Hall and these two big receivers on the outside. So whoever's at third position, you're going to kind of go under the radar for the defensive prep by the other team. You're going to get a lot of one-on-one matchups. And for a guy like Cody Epps, who I think should be in that position, Mm. look, uh, there's a lot of good receivers. But I think he's had enough practice over the last couple of years. He's, you know, he's finally healthy. He's a great route runner. He's fast. And he knows the playbook. So this will almost be like his freshman year, if you will, playing. It'll be his
2: third year. Right. But you know the playbook now. And you're very comfortable with the quarterback it should be a big year for him well and and beyond just that you talked about you know being comfortable with the playbook and and the quarterback this is now an offense that has been in place now for a couple of seasons and it's not just they've had one good year that you can say oh well that year was good this team from an offensive standpoint has been successful for multiple years with this system yep. and so what do you think is possible for the offense this year man
3: look with with a new running back that's going to bring a lot of attention to him what what, and i'm going to speak to receivers because that's what i know you know these guys these receivers on the outside they're going to get a lot of one-on-one opportunities because you can't play cover two just to stop the receivers because you have a big offensive line that's been bigger than we've probably had in a decade you have big running backs and two great running backs that we have good tight ends the the great tight ends and we and that means and that's kind of what i look back to like the austin collie dennis pitta a Harvey Unga days, like pick your poison. If you if you want to stop the run, you're gonna to have to stop the tight ends and receivers in the one on one position, right? Which is tough. So if you're a skilled player in this offense, you are very excited for 2022.
1: And Jaron Hall is an underrated passer because unfortunately, there's a stereotype with black quarterbacks. You just assume they're a runner who hopefully can. And back. if that's they can just not run. true, yeah. that is not true. Jaron Hall took care of the rock in an incredible way. His efficiency was really good. Excellent passer last year. And, oh, by the way, he can run. He's really good even with broken ribs. That's what we learned in last year's (laughs) game. He's playing in the Utah game with a broken rib from the Arizona game, and then he hurts it in the Utah game, hurts it in the Arizona State game where he has to come out. He is so good. Imagine, you know, all those weapons and Jaron's legs in the mix. Like, BYU goes for it on fourth and 11, and he gets a first down against Utah. Like, that option. I'm so excited to see a fully healthy Jaron with all this. And you mentioned the O-line, maybe the biggest, baddest in a decade. We're probably recovered from the transition from go fast, go hard that you Mm -hmm. played in. It was a different type of alignment. Mm -hmm. You wanted to get down the field, right? Tijon's an incredible player. He's a little small for what BYU's going for in this offense. What do you think of this O-line? What's possible? How many NFL guys are there? It feels like there are multiple.
3: I think the number one focus in recruiting for BYU should be a big offense a big and deep offensive line and defensive line cuz i can tell you going to play teams like notre dame nebraska and wisconsin you know i th- i thought i was a big guy at 6 foot 6 and i'm looking up at these 6 foot 8 offensive tackles and there's like six of them on wisconsin six of them on, on notre <laughs> dame and it's a simple math game if you play against bigger teams you're more likely to get injured and in depth at BYU has always been a problem. We always have a great starting uh, 11 on both sides of the yeah. ball. But depth has always been a concern, always. And so you go play teams like this where injuries are naturally going to go up, you've got to be able to compete with size. And so the number one focus we can have in recruiting has got to be a big, hefty offensive line, two to three deep. Now, that's easier said than done, but you, that, that can be a focus for BYU, and it's got to be to maintain healthy. So game 9, 10, and 11 – we're still big.
1: We, we and we're gonna have a situation where somebody, Keanu Saliapaga, who's been a former starter as a backup, maybe I don't know. Uh, where does Joe Tukuafu fit in all this? Like we're gonna. Campbell Barrington was a freshman All American. Might be a backup tackle. Braden Kime's gonna be a baller. I I feel BYU's too deep at that position. Like it. I'm stoked. And these guys are gonna get valuable reps that they're gonna play in the Big Twelve with because BYU's gonna lose. Blake Freeland may be the best left tackle BYU's had in a while. Brady Christensen, I mean, before that, I guess. But right, right. it's It's a, Clark Barrington, going to be a draft pick. Yeah. Right? We think Kingsley Suamata is going to be really good. Is yeah. so he even the starting left tackle? Probably not. That's Blake. Yeah. Like, like this is an incredible a situation. a good problem today. to have. It's a good problem to have. But you got to continue that. That can't
3: be a one-year yes. and done year. It can't be a hefty year this year. Keep it going. It's got, in, in Big 12, it's got to be a massive,
1: massive focus for our coaches. Well, thanks for the time, man. I wish we could like talk another 30 minutes. We,
2: we, always we, we always could. We just fly through it. Uh, I could. wanted to ask you about yeah. Utah State. Because with it not being get it, get it in. The producers will get mad at you. Well, I was okay. (laughs) So all right, you obviously have had some success against Utah State. I kind of had my way. Yeah, Yeah. yes. Twenty fifteen, man. They're they're one of the casualties of going to the Big Twelve. Some teams have to come off the schedule. What were your thoughts when you saw that? It's
3: unfortunate. You know, it's unfortunate. You you want that win. You want to be able to dominate, dominate the in-state wins, and have that pride about you. So we got to find a way to get them back. But it was always fun to have them on the schedule for me. That was
2: a good quick answer,
1: so we can get that nice in. Nicely. The, the control room's like, okay, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the
2: time, Mitch. Of course, Mitch. Yeah, good of course. to see you. All right, coming up, Brent Herring joins us to talk some BYU baseball.
1: Can the Cougs keep the WCC's winning streak alive? And the proposed pod system from a couple of media members in the Big 12. What do we think of it? This is BYU Sports Nation. Just
2: like iPods with Gronk? Yeah, just don't eat them.
0: BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk. Enabling global trade
1: for a growing world. Here's Jason. I'm Jerem. This is BYU Sports Nation. Don't forget to follow us on uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. That's BYU Sports Nation, of course. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Round. Presented by Maris, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world. Uh, Of which I am a
2: frequent listener of, uh, SiriusXM's Big 12 Today hosts, Gabe and Dusty, uh, proposed a pod system. For the upcoming new Big Twelve, yes. uh,
1: without Texas and Oklahoma, Texas
2: and Oklahoma not involved in the pod system, so they they yep. came up with three pods. What do you uh, what do you make of the pod system that they are presenting here?
1: So essentially, the idea is you play the other three every year, and then you play six other teams, and in a four-year span, you've played. At you've you've hosted and gone on the road against everybody. So, or is, for, it, or for, is it one every four years played? Every
2: for game? our listeners that cannot see the graphic, they have BYU in a pod two with K State, Iowa State, and Kansas. Kansas, that's a win. That is a massive. That is that is a very difficult basketball pod.
1: Yes. And, well, (laughs) basketball, you play more games. True, but yes, I'm just saying.
2: If you're in the pod with Kansas for basketball. I'm
1: okay with that one in football because you know you're beating Kansas State. Iowa State, good program. Kansas State, good program. Yeah, but I'd I'd rather not be in the one with Oklahoma State, Baylor, TCU, and Texas.
2: I still think, even though you're probably going to go away from the divisions, I still think every pod has to have at least one team from the state of Texas. Yeah. I think that makes the most sense that way. You guaranteed every time BYU's that you're at least. not in one. Day. You're right. So I think maybe an Iowa State and a Baylor flip or something well, like that. Well,
1: you could play a team from Texas every year. But
2: I think to guarantee it, you have one team from Texas in every pot.
1: You can guarantee it without being in a pot. ESPN's College Game Day announces it will open the season in Columbus for Ohio State versus Notre Dame. Will BYU host a College Game Day in the first five years of the Big Bowl?
2: Um... Look, it's certainly possible. I would say it's not likely, Um, but well, I mean, you know, at that point, you're talking about for game day to come, you're talking about teams,
1: two teams in the top ten. Most likely, yeah. BYU's five and zero in twenty twenty six. Look, I'm not saying it's uh, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not saying in the
2: first five years, I would say it's probably it's probably unlikely. But man,
1: that would be awesome if it happened. Yeah, I I think there's a shot. I I think there's a better shot than independence. And independence, BYU typically is is getting a couple losses out of the gate sometimes. And power five is favored. Um, it's not a unique Coastal Carolina BYU situation. BYU was the road team in that situation right in 2020. But, yeah, first five, I don't know, first decade. I would hope that there's one in there. it would be go. great. Let's
2: go. All right. Um, well, this is kind of the t- – This is what everybody... This is what's trending. This really is what's trending today. Uh, After Nick Saban um, went and lobbed a a grenade at Texas A&M about, quote-unquote, buying their recruiting class, and then Jimbo responded with his own version of Scorched Earth this morning in his own press conference back to Nick Saban. While fireworks are going off at the SEC, is there any other coach you want to see Kalani have a beef with?
1: Oh, with Kyle Whittingham. They're like homies, so it would have to be this like Count of Monte Cristo deal. But, yeah, I I would love for Kalani to have some beef with that. He's too nice of a guy. He's not actually going to have beef with anybody. Yeah,
2: you're right. He's not going to have a beef with anybody. The one that would make the most sense is is Kyle, but they're such good friends. It's not going to happen.
1: Those guys are homies. Yeah, yeah. Carson Lundell wins the NCAA Regional. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Where does, uh, in men's golf, where does this rank on the list of BYU accomplishments this year?
2: So we're talking about individual accomplishments, or we're sure. we just talking overall? I mean, look. Let's go individual. Going, you're talking NCAA regional. That's that's a top five accomplishment on campus, for yes. sure.
1: Number one was Connor Mance and Whitney Orton winning national championships individually in the same day. That's the number one kind of individual moments. But, like, Tyler Algier against Arizona State and multiple 150 games. Uh, Alex Barcelo making 9 of 10 threes at Pepperdine. Um, Shaylee Gonzalez putting up 35 at St. Mary's comes to mind. uh, W.A. Gardini, 30 kills against UCLA. Those were some good ones. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. It is a top five accomplishment, if not top three, because winning the NCAA regional in golf, tremendous accomplishment. Congratulations.
2: All right, the good doctor, Billy Nixon, the former director of football equipment uh, and new director of football ops, posted the following photo of the sign that they have in the Mick Hill and Floyd Johnson equipment room that includes their photos, but now it has a photo of Billy posted above it. The photo was posted with the caption, too soon? Uh, How soon after not being on BYU Sports Nation do you expect to have a, a picture of you posted above Studio B?
1: Well, at the end of June and into July, your boy's going to be gone for three weeks. So I fully expect when I come back for my key card not to work.
2: Well, look, I, re- I remember seeing from, be from Ben when you were asking for all these times off. He's like, at this point, do you still work here?
1: <laughs> I- I'm hoping to still be a paid employee of Brigham Young University at that point. So I'll go, I'll go uh, two weeks. And I'll come back, and there will have been. Well, I, I don't even think a sign would be up. I look like, I just want my key card to like, work. Like here's
2: something. I don't have to worry about this. You no. and Spencer have to. Uh, so I like I don't I don't need to worry about
1: Honestly, it. Honestly, the first year of the show, we were both scared we'd be taken off the show for some reason. So we like barely took any time off. Oh wow, <laughs> things change. <laughs> oh yes, they do. <laughs> Congrats to James Taft Fredette and Whitney, who welcomed Grayson. Alan Fredette, named no, after Al- Grayson Allen yes, yes. the middle Their <laughs> third kid into the world yesterday has Mark Pope already offered him I would hope so look will this child look. play in the Big 12 look
2: this kid is going to be in the transfer portal in about 18 or 19
1: years like you, don't rec- you, don't, to you don't worry
2: about recruiting anymore. It's all about the transfer portal,
1: right? You just get no kids from high school. It's <laughs> just all transfer portal. Look, there's no question
2: Mark Pope is already scouting this young man's
1: skills. What if he's like, you know why we didn't get so-and-so? Because I offered Grayson Fredette in 18 years, in 2040. <laughs> That's what our focus.
2: Congratulations for. to the
1: Fredette. Pretty cool. That's awesome. Congratulations mainly to Whitney and also to Jimmer. <laughs>
2: All right, coming up, rise and shout-out to a couple of newcomers.
1: And Brent Herring, BYU baseball assistant coach, talks LMU, the West Coast Conference Tournament, and getting hacked on Twitter, but getting it back. This is BYU Sports Nation. He is pumped to be here today, I can tell you that. I'm
0: pumped he's here. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU
2: fans everywhere. Coming up on Saturday, BYU Sports Nation will be broadcasting live from the BYU Fan Fest at Sandtown Park in St. George at noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain Time on BYU TV and BYU Radio.
1: Essentially a pregame show for the Baseball Senior Day. Yes. Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Radio. Yeah, you are. You were the pregame. We're the pregame. You're the pregame right
2: into the baseball game. I'd like
1: to think that's right in, but there's a couple hours for it, but yeah. yeah.
2: But you guys can go in a little extra, right?
1: (laughs) We, Spencer and I are actually bouncing quickly after because we have stuff that night. We'd love to stay. Meaning home.
2: you're going to Vegas for a concert?
1: No. <laughs> no. That would be fun. We both have stuff, uh, but all good. Welcome back to uh, BYU Sports Nation. Jerram, Jordan, Jason, Shepard. Brent Herring from the BYU baseball staff is uh, in BYU on uh, BYU Sports Nation studio. For the first time, I would like to apologize on behalf of our producer, Ben Bagley, who's not booked <laughs> you up to this point. It's great to have you in studio.
4: I mean, I have so much to offer, and I've just been dying. For 10 years, I've been dying to. Give
1: you what I got. We we've been telling him, just you know, full stop, but no, I I kid. So is Mary your it.
4: wife is Mary watching right now? I would hope so. I would assume so and and I would bet.
2: <laughs> I know she is very proud is watching. watching this moment right now with you <laughs> yeah. on the set of BYU Sports Nation.
4: She's probably crossing her fingers saying I hope he doesn't say something really stupid. <laughs> yeah. Well, in
1: an attempt to do that, we're just gonna end it right now. Brent, thanks for coming in. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, so this has been certainly an interesting year for this group. Mid season, Mike Littlewood out. Trent Pratt upgraded to interim. You guys have had to deal with that. Meanwhile, you're still recruiting. You're hoping the staff is intact next year. And this team figures it out in league and on conference, nine game win streak. you qualified for the tournament. How have you navigated this whole season, which has been very emotional in many ways?
4: yeah, it's been it's been a crazy year. Um, really, the the navigation part of it is just like, hey, let's focus on on these guys. And um, and I'm so proud of the, the guys. I mean, all that six, all the credit goes to the players. You know they've gone out and they've been able to compartmentalize all the off the field stuff and and pull it together and play for one another. and, and they're playing their best baseball that they've played all year. And you know, honestly, as a coach, we just, we just sit back and we're so proud of them.
2: I remember and I asked Trent a couple of days ago, you know, how, how much are you guys even talking about postseason? Whether it's and now that you've locked up the, the, the conference postseason tournament, uh, I, how, how much are you, were you even talking about? He says we may have brought it up once and it was only in context that, look, that will take care of itself. Everything postseason will take care of itself. All we have to do is worry about winning games and taking that game as seriously as we can. And it looks like that recipe has proven to be very successful.
4: Yeah, I mean, right now the only thing that matters is tonight. So, I mean, we, we, we play to win tonight, and uh, and then tomorrow we'll, we'll, we'll play to win tomorrow. But, but, yeah, one game at a time, one pitch at a time. I mean, we preach that to our players, and so it's kind of been that rubber hits the road. Like, let's see what you guys are made of and see if you can do the same thing.
1: Does seeding matter to you guys? Because you have a shot at second, but you'd probably need a, a San Diego and Portland to get swept. There's a chance with Gonzaga and Pepperdine. You guys would have to probably sweep the series against LMU, so chances are fourth is probably the peak. Does that matter um, in in this tournament? Because it is not four anymore; it's six, so format's a little different.
4: Yeah, I mean, obviously the two seed would matter because you get that first round by, but um, after that, you're playing for for home field advantage. Uh, You know, it's always nice in those (laughs) games to know that you're going to have one last shot if, if if you're down a run or two in the bottom of the ninth. So, so yeah, you're playing for home field advantage. I think seating is important. Um, and obviously, you know, who we're going to play and all that matters as well.
2: So let's, let's get into the LMU series that, uh, that starts tonight that will wrap up the regular season. I mean, obviously you could, you could play three this weekend and then play them again, you know, in Stockton next week. What are your thoughts on the Lions that come in and obviously good team?
4: They're a great team. Uh, I've known coach Choate for, we've known each other for a long time and. He's doing a great job. Um, talk about another group that's kind of, they had a really rough uh, preseason, and man, they've kind of pulled their ship together, and they're playing really good baseball right now, and so, so yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun, fun go. They, they're a good team. They're physical offensively. Uh, they're really crafty on the mound, and they can pitch, so, um, you know, it's maybe not as stuff-wise as good as some of the teams that we've faced, but as far as pitchability and 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 competing, maybe maybe one of the better staffs that we'll face from that perspective.
2: You know, you, you talked about taking one game at a time. One of the other things that I know you guys preach is the next man up mentality and and this year's had a lot of that. You know, the preseason you know pick to be player of the year, Andrew Pintar has an issue with his shoulder, he's done for the year. You lose Cole Gamble for you know four or five weeks with an injury, and you know good thing he's back. But you've had so many guys that, when called upon and asked to step up, do that. As a coach, how pleasing is that to see those guys be able to perform when
4: they're called upon? It's oh, awesome. I mean, we talk to them about it all the time. I mean, if you'd have told us in February that Penny was going to be out uh, for the year, you know, we'd, we probably looked at each other and gone, well, how do we go on without him in our lineup? And, and man, we dropped Mitch McIntyre down in the three-hole, and he's just done a phenomenal job. He's been great for his whole career as a senior. And, um, yeah, every guy has stepped up. I mean, Cole, Cole was out. And, uh, you know, guys have played hurt. And guys have, you know, it's been, it's been awesome to watch. Uh, once again, they're an incredible group of kids. Um, and they compete their tails off, and so, yeah. I mean, Justice Riser was—he was really doing a great job as a freshman. I mean, I first time I think I've ever seen a guy punch out like the first five or six guys of his career uh, in Division One baseball, and he was doing great. And, and you know, he got hurt. And Cooper Vest before the season, you know, we we anticipated him playing a, a nice role for us, and and was hurt. So yeah, it's been a, it's been one of those years. And the beauty is, is is guys have stepped up, and they're doing a great job.
1: Freshman catchers have been in the mix. I mean, you guys have navigated it all, right, which yeah. is pretty wild. Okay, we buried the lead. There are two uh, very interesting things to talk about now. <laughs> uh, you're the American Samoan national team coach. Yeah. Let's talk, let's talk about that. This has been a while, too, right? And uh, you pulled off some big wins. You beat number seven in Australia a couple years ago like uh, in the world. What's it like to be the, a national team coach as well?
4: Well, it's that's fun because – because you're playing for a country, and, and in our case, we're playing for our little island, you know, that we considered our little island. And, and uh, that, that, was, that was one of the highlights of my career, um, being able to go to, we, we went to Guam and played in that, and, and the, the guys played unbelievable, and, and uh, you know, my wife was able to come, who's Samoan, and, and, and it was... I was, was going to say, you
1: don't look American up. Samoan per se. But yeah, who no. knows?
4: Not on the outside, but on the inside <laughs> I feel like I, I I'm,
1: Love I'm it. there.
4: Yeah. So Love it. uh yeah, I got involved in that. Uh the story the story is is you know, we got married and my father-in-law um, he grew up in in American Samoa and played a lot of cricket. But he always told me when we got married was, you know, if I'd have grown up in the US, I'd played I would have been a left-handed pitcher for the Dodgers. And and so for me, it was like, hey, may, maybe this is something I can do to give back to, to, to that community and go and, and, and try to help develop the game over there. And, and so it's been really, really rewarding for me from a personal standpoint to, to be able to go back and, and do that.
1: That's really cool. That's awesome. And uh, last but not least, uh, your Twitter got hacked. Like last year or something, I, was, so I remember during the season seeing Mike Little and being like, dude, what's up with Brent Herring's Twitter? And he's like, we don't know. You got it back though. Yeah.
4: What what happened? Well, that's a good question. I don't know. I <laughs> like woke up one day and all of a sudden I was like a crypto genius.
1: I know. I was, I was like, Brent's going
4: hard. I here. was making big time money, and <laughs> I checked my account. None of it was there. So, uh, no, it was a, it was a yeah. Somebody hacked me, and and uh, and so we went through all the proper channels through Twitter and got it got it back and. Um, Appease
1: the Nigerian princes who needed some money. Yeah, yeah yeah, at some yeah, point. yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: So, yeah. Um, you know that I, I've got to have got to fi- finish that side of the deal later. on, <laughs> I guess.
1: <laughs> Look, You're like a- I owe fifty million <laughs> Bitcoin to somebody.
2: Uh, someone. Look, not only being a crypto genius, it's been a pretty good year because because Brent is also a Braves fan, so he's still basking in the glory oh. of being a World Series well, champion. What right. a year for you!
4: Yeah, I mean. <laughs> The, the only thing that can make this better is for, for us to get on keep keep on this run keep and keep winning games. And keep going. Yeah, that would be great.
1: Well, thanks for coming in. Uh, during the break, can we have you sign our flag? That would be all right?
4: I'd love to, yeah. Right.
1: Fantastic.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks go- for having good me, Good guys. luck tonight.
1: 8 Eastern, BOE TV and BOE Radio Apps. Check it out. You mean BYU gonna BYU and me still going to hang out you? tonight
4: in the dugout? For sure. All right. I'll ignore you as I walk by. <laughs> <out. laughs> the huge.
2: <laughs> I uh, love Brent Herring.
4: Yeah. All right. <laughs> Coming up, do you think BYU benefits
1: in the Big 12 with divisions or without? And you wonder who uh, hacked uh, Brent here. And a BYU legend adds another member to the fold. This is BYU Sports Nation. (laughs) This portion of BYU
0: Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU
1: Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is always available on demand via the free BYU TV and BYU Radio app for more Gunnar Romney touchdowns.
2: Yeah, or uh, download the podcast. All you need to do is Google BYU Sports
1: Nation podcast. And please, while you're there, subscribe, rate, and review. And uh, follow Shep on uh, Twitter. Our question of the day. At JSN Shep. Shameless play. Uh He will hack your Twitter <laughs> and get some Bitcoin out of it. as some crypto. What gives BYU a better chance to get to a Big 12 title game? Division championships or top two teams? Our elite voice of the day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. at CO underscore living. Divisions. The math checks out a math joke so does the history of a weaker team making the Pac-12 title game it's happened in the Big Ten it's happened in the SEC one is going to be stronger than the other and sometimes it's egregious but in the Big 12 it's going to be interesting Shep because outside of Kansas football right Everyone can play in a given year. Look, and
2: all Kansas can beat all, the only team they can beat is Texas. Texas so, which, they, let's and honest, Texas is
1: leaving soon. Everybody so. can beat Texas. Like, mm. if Kansas can beat Texas, everybody can beat Texas. I so. BYU will get a chance to face Texas many times. I anticipate the league being very petty and vindictive and making uh, Texas and Oklahoma in the last two years travel to BYU and West Virginia, both of them, like to go to the edges, go to the fringes, and maybe UCF is is that one too? Of you got to go way out there. We'll see though. Listen. Do we want that smoke with uh, with Texas and Oklahoma? Yes, we do. Because BYU is what five and one all time against those two, I believe. Not a bad record, my friend. I'll take it. You I know who it's worse it. against? Like San Jose State, uh, <laughs> which BYU has lost multiple times. But uh, they're not playing San Jose State, so yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be while they're in the league. Let's get them. Our e- e, uh, elite voice we just mentioned today's is and It's presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Amber Whiting, new women's basketball coach. Welcome uh, to the Cougars. Yeah, I'm, I'm
2: excited to get to know her. Uh, and obviously, you mentioned it earlier in the show, she's going to be on the program tomorrow. So yep. BYU Sports Nation will have an opportunity to hear from her tomorrow.
1: Absolutely. And uh, Jimmer and Whitney Fredette welcoming their third child, which is pretty cool. Uh, the Jimmer and, of course, the Whitney uh, and man, now the Grayson. And now the Grayson Allen <laughs> Shep Fredette not, is, not in, his name. is in the world. It is Grayson, but not the rest of it. Our th- yeah, rumor has it he tripped his siblings over. Our thanks to today's guest, Mitch Matthews and My Brent gosh. Herring. Sorry to Dennis Bitter, we ran out of time again.
2: Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always use hashtag BYUSN.
1: For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Barry Willardson. See you or hear, uh, talk to you tonight. BYU Baseball, 8 Eastern. Go Cubs!